understand this song is a prophecy. Sing God has turned appreciate God. I say, Lord, I thank you because I know you have turned it around for my own good. Lord, I thank you for turning the situation around for my own good. Lord, I know I might not see it right now, but Lord, I know you have already turned it around. I know, Lord, that it's already turned around for my own good. Over that report, it's already turned around. It's already turned around for my own good. It's a prophecy. May I give you a moment to open your mouth and prophesy upon yourself that the Lord is turning around. God is turning around. God is turning around. He's turned around. He has turned around for my own good. He is turning around for my good. Ramasula Baratoshata. Ekubaya Kuala Mania. Can I get, give you a moment to speak in the Holy Ghost if you can? Just create an atmosphere around you. I begin to create an atmosphere. In the name of Jesus Christ, wherever you are, can you lift up your right and declare with me, my due time has come. Oh, can you declare it one more time like you mean it? My due time has come. Therefore, any power that is saying it will not be my due time, catch fire, catch fire. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Any power that is saying it cannot be your due time, let the fire of the Lord destroy. Let the fire of the Lord destroy. It is your due time. It is your due time. Let the fire of the Lord consume. Let the fire of the Lord consume. Fire of the Lord. Fire of the Lord. Destroy. Fire of the Lord. Destroy. It is our due time. We step into it. Ketali Batasha. Marandikama. Ezelebedea. Raki Batayade. Mashatalaba. Amakuadesha. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
we are going to pray again. We are going to come against any power that pauses your clock, the clock of your destiny. Any power that we started saying the clock of your destiny must not move. In the name of Jesus Christ, we decree and declare, let your clock begin to move one more time. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are going to speak the word of the Lord over your life and command the clock of your destiny to begin to move. It cannot be on a pause. The clock of your destiny cannot be paused. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Command it to begin to move. Any clock of your destiny that has come to a stop, you cannot progress beyond the point. We command by the reason of the power of the Lord. Let the clock begin to move again. Let the clock begin to move again. We don't care whatever it is that has put a pause on it. By the reason of the word of the Lord, let it begin to move right now. Let it begin to move right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to pray for the God of all seasons. We are going to pray to the God of all seasons. The God that influences inflation. Inflation begins to work for your own good. The Lord that influences high interest rates. It begins to work for your own good. You are going to say, oh God, oh God of all seasons. Bless me in season and out of season. Bless me in season and out of season. Open your mouth and pray. The God of all season, it is not affected by season. The blessings of the Lord is not affected by seasons. The God of all seasons, pour out your blessings in season and out of season. Release your blessings, O God, in season and out of season. Make the God of all seasons, God of all seasons, He is the God of all seasons. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are going to command the ground to vomit any blessing it has swallowed. Any blessing that is due to you that has swallowed, be it whatever it is, be it the ground, wherever your blessing has been swallowed, we are going to command it to be vomited. We are going to command it to be vomited. Open your mouth and command it. Declare vomited by fire. Vomited. Whatever it is that has swallowed your blessing, let it be vomited by fire. Raki badiyalabashata. Mesa takimaya. Elemana shataya. 
for me it is by fire for me it is by fire your blessing cannot be swallowed by any small tiny little demon we command it to be vomited by fire be vomited by fire be vomited by fire lataba yakotasha erekepeteya vomit esabaria amayakina eshelebedeya masuatalaya kelebedeshalama esotaragada lebreketeshata lemandekamaya ayalabadia Mashakaba, Rokotos Libe, and Debedeshata. One thing you need to understand in atmospheres like this, the Spirit of the Lord moves. In atmospheres like this, the Spirit of the Lord moves. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Don't be an onlooker looking, oh, can I imagine what a pastor is doing? Can I imagine how the singers are singing, how the pianist is playing? The presence of the Lord is in this place. Can you open your mouth and call upon Jesus? Say, Lord, I am here. Have mercy on me and touch me as well. Lord, I am here. Have mercy upon me and touch me as well. Oh, Lord, I am here. Have mercy upon me. Touch me as well. Do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. Do not pass me by, Jesus. Do not pass me by. As you are going, Lord, do not pass me by. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of the Lord. Raki Go ahead, Lord, and do what only your Lord can do. Go ahead, Lord, and do what only your Lord can do. Break the siege of the enemy. Every infirmity that has stepped into this room, Lord, scatter them by fire. They are not leaving this place. They are not leaving this place. They are destroyed. They are destroyed. Every expectation, Lord, that comes into this place. Lord, you want us to come with an expectation. We have come with a hunger, Jesus. We pray, O oh God, that you will reach out, Lord, and touch every one of us. Reach out, Lord, touch. Touch, change our stories, O oh God. Change our stories. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are going to pray over the communion right now. Father, we decree and declare upon the communion. It ceases to be ordinary. It becomes, Lord, a conduit of your spirit to move. Father, we pray that as we partake of this table, Jesus, let the blood of the Lamb begin to speak over our lives. Let the blood of Jesus Christ begin to speak over our lives. The blood that speaks victory over the enemy. The blood that speaks victory over the enemy. Not just atonement for our sins, but victory over the enemy. 
that every seed the enemy has planted in our homes let there be victory over them in the name of Jesus let them be uprooted let the blood of Jesus neutralize every principality in operation in our families let their powers be destroyed by the reason of this communion in the name of Jesus Christ let us pass it around. Let's pass the communion around. We're going to sing at the blood of Jesus. Sing, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Samuel chapter 16 all the way from verse 1 to um, 13. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1 all the way down to 13. Um, we honor God by standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. So now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons wherever you are can you lift up your right hand and, de and declare with me I am the preferred one one more time I am the preferred of the Lord amongst many sons amongst many daughters I am the preferred of the Lord hallelujah we are going to jump all the way to verse 5 and he said peaceably 
I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Oh, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. But the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass for Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Father, in the many minutes that we have, Spirit of the Lord, pass through your word. Lord, teach us that we will understand. And hallowed be your holy name in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you take your seat before God's presence, reach out to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, my due time has come. Can you reach out to the second neighbor? Tell the second neighbor, my due time has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you know the story of um, Saul pretty well, <clears throat> the story of Saul, how Saul came to limelight, and um, also the story about Saul's downfall, Due to disobedience, you will understand that God is still, God has always been in the business of displacing people who are not um, walking in accordance with his will. God didn't start today, so he's always been in that business of, you know, picking people up, displacing people, picking other people up, you know, replacing them because the kingdom of heaven must surely advance. The kingdom of heaven must surely advance. <clears throat> So in kingdom matters, God is always displacing people. If people are not working in accordance with his will, if people are not um, part of his agenda, God is always displacing people and also appointing other people to come in and take over um, the realms so that his agenda will be established. So one man's dis displacement is another man's appointment. Again, one man's displacement is another man's appointment because there cannot be any vacuum in God's agenda. There cannot be any vacuum in God's agenda. When um, Jesus was traveling down to, um, to get um, you know, killed, when he was traveling down to Jerusalem to get killed, the Bible said that the people began to shout, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees were not happy with that. And then they began to question, um, you know, the people say, hey, keep quiet. And Jesus said, even if they stop shouting, I can raise the stones to begin to, um, you know, shout and also declare the thing because the agenda of God must be fulfilled. Can you lift up your right hand and declare with me, I will not be displaced in God's agenda. Again, I will not be displaced in God's agenda. So it is important for us as Christians to understand, to be sensitive in the spirit, to understand when a vacuum has been created so that we can step in and take over that place. So we are busy sometimes, you know, crying, oh Lord, bless me, you know, enlarge my coast, Lord, um, bless me um, more, than, more than enough, you know, bless me indeed. But the thing is that God looks upon us when we are crying and saying, God, bless me indeed. And he can't really find any reason 
to bless us because we are just not aligned with his agenda. We're not just, you know, aligned with his agenda. We are, we reason why, the main reason why we're actually asking God to bless us is because of our own selfish, you know, reasons. The reason why we're asking God to bless us is because we want to do things for our own selves. We have no, um, don't, we, don't, we don't want to be part of God's agenda. So something happened um, a couple years ago when my father passed away. My father passed away when we were quite young, if you've heard the story before. So my father passed away when we were young. And um, my mom, you know, who just lost her husband, um, she was going through the trauma. And um, the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to her, you know, through different people. And um, one of the days, a woman met her and said, hey, this is what God is telling me about you. And um, the woman was saying, just don't worry. The Lord said he's going to be with you, you know. Don't worry, he's going to support you, you know, raise the kids, and one of your children is going to rise up to bless you. Then my mom came back because she always recounts um, the, the stories to us. And then she came back, she told us um, what had happened. And I immediately, I just went to my knees and said, God, <laughs> if there will be anybody that is going to rise up to bless her, it has to be me. It has to be me. Because as long as a vacuum is created, you've got to step into that vacuum. As long as a vacuum is created, you know there is a prophecy that has been released. You have to get into that vacuum and understand that there has been a space created for you to be blessed. <clears throat> when I was reading the scripture yesterday um, and discussing it with my wife, um, I read in, the, in verse 1, which we read, the Bible says, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse, for I have picked a king in the house um, among his sons. I was telling my wife that if I was there when that statement was made, I would have just gone to my knees and said, God, if you're picking anybody amongst all these people, it has to be me. Because a vacuum has been created. A vacuum has been created. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> when the Bible will say, um, I hear a voice saying, um, Who, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? Then Jesus came and said, you know, send me. When a vacuum has been created, you have to step into that vacuum to obtain um, to be part, to align yourself with God's um, agenda, to, to receive the blessing. So if we are waiting for our due time to come, and we are not aligned with God's agenda, we are not really living to the fullness of the manifestation of what God um, is, is doing. The kingdom of God is always advancing. If you've heard, you've heard the scripture multiple times, if you have been part of this family for a while, the kingdom of heaven is advancing, and the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. When the Bible is talking about violent, it's not people who are just seated, you know, chilled and waiting for the blessing to come to them, waiting and, you know, chilled and waiting for everything to come to them. When you understand there has been a vacuum that's created, you step in and grab it. Hallelujah. Now, the world's interpretation of um, the due time is different from God's interpretation of due time. So, the world's view about our due time is different from God's view about our due time. So the world looks at due time as, you know, someone who, when you look at someone who is actually going somewhere, you would know. Like, you would know from a world's view, you would know. You say, well, this person is really going somewhere. I can see how his life is planned out. Um, so <clears throat> someone who is working hard, you know, picking extra shift, making all the money. So the world's view is that this person is going somewhere. You know, they're going to make it in this, in this life. But God's view is totally different. Because all, in as much as all of those things are like really nice, but it's not the reflection of the reality of how God blesses people. It is not the reflection of the reality of how God blesses people. So when we begin to picture people from a world's view, 
I want to be like the people, you know, from, the, from that world's view. We, we don't really reflect the reality of how God intends to bless us. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you must be aligned with God's agenda? Again, you must be aligned with God's agenda. Now, in the text that we read, the Bible talked about Samuel. The first, first verse talked about Samuel weeping. And the Lord came to Samuel and said, Samuel, why, why are you weeping? Now, the reason why Samuel was weeping wasn't because Samuel was particularly, um, you know, concerned. Like he really loved Saul so much that he couldn't imagine Saul losing his position as a king. No, the reason why Samuel was weeping was because this Saul was, is, was the first king of Israel. Saul was the first king of Israel. In fact, when Israelites say, God, we wanted a king. Saul, I, I, sorry, Israel said he wanted a king, and Samuel was pretty worried about how the king, the kingship was going to happen. And eventually, Saul, like if you understand how Saul even came into play, Saul was, didn't want it. He was shy. He didn't even want this position as king. And, if, and in fact, the spirit, the spirit of the Lord eventually rested upon Saul, and he began to prophesy like the prophet. So Saul was the kind of king that everyone would want. Saul had the spirit of the Lord upon him. He was prophesying. Saul has eventually grown into being a king. Now he was leading Israel into battle. And the Bible said that Saul was also tall. He was huge, mighty. So Saul was the kind of king that could lead Israel. And then Saul disobeyed and God rejected him. So how again is Samuel going to start afresh looking for somebody all over Israel again to fulfill this? And God said, Samuel, I've already chosen somebody in the house of Jesse. Go down, dust yourself up, go down to the house of Jesse because I've picked somebody there. Samuel had an expectation of the kind of person that the king should be. Jesse also had an expectation of the kind of person that um, the king should be. So in their mind, they already had a worldview. In fact, Samuel's worldview was probably um, driven by um, Saul, right? Saul, so somebody who is huge, you know. That, that looks like Saul. So you, you, when you look at a person, the person should be the replacement of Saul. So here comes Eliab. Here comes Eliab. And Samuel felt this was his consolation. So he was consoling his people. He said, oh, surely, finally, this is the Lord's anointed. The Lord's anointed is before him. And the Lord said, Samuel, don't look at your physical appearance. Don't look at your physical stature. Which means... Two things, if you want to confuse anybody, if you want to confuse people to think that you have made it, confuse people, two things that you need to work on, the physical appearance and physical stature, you will confuse people. So Eliab, <laughs> you will confuse people. So if I, if, I, um, if I drive a Ferrari and I drive a Ferrari to church and just park it outside and um, I have the swag to go with it and um, you know, come into, into service, everybody will think that I'm now a millionaire, right? Everybody will think that I'm now a millionaire. But nobody would know that I'm... I'm that I have, I have um, my, my, my credit, my credit is suffering <laughs> because of it. So that, that is it. Physical appearance and physical stature is what you need to confuse people. So Eliab had this. In fact, I'm pretty sure probably Eliab, uh, because he was also part of Israel's army. You know, everybody was looking, looking after Saul. So for you, you need to, you know, be huge, work on your physical appearance, work on your physical stature. So Eliab was working on his physical stature and appearance, and he looked like the next king of Israel. That even when Jesse, Jesse was bringing all the sons, Eliab was number one. You know, this guy was, you know, the one. And Eliab walked through, and God said, he's not the one. Okay, if it's not Eliab, then it has to be Shammah. It wasn't Shammah. It wasn't Abinadab. 
<laughs> I was checking with my wife yesterday, I said, all the other sons, we never heard about their names in the scriptures because there was no expectation that they were even going to qualify, but they sort of like still formed part of the group that they wanted to walk before, before Samuel. There was no David. There was no David because David wasn't even expected to be part of the team that would walk before Samuel. In fact, um, he wasn't expected to be part of the team that would will, that will walk before, before Samuel. And when Samuel, you know, everybody walked before Samuel, Samuel was like, everybody has walked past and God said it's not the way. But I'm pretty sure I heard God say it's in your house. Is that everybody, all your sons here? I say, um, I mean, there is, um, there is one person there. So David wasn't even included. He just mentioned David in passing. So there's this little one, you know. That we, I mean, if you want us to make him walk past, we can still make him, make him walk past. Say, no, go bring him. And then they brought David. You all know the story. <laughs> you all know the story. So they brought David, and the Lord said, that's the one anointing. David did not have the physical stature to be, to be the king. David did not have the eloquence. He did not have the swag to go with it. He did not have anything to go with it. But David was busy in the secret place working on his capacity, building relationship with God, that in as much, if physically, he didn't look like a king, but on the inside, he had the kingship inside of him. He had kingship inside of him. Physically, you look at David like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have anything. But inside of David, he had kingship inside of him. So which makes you to understand, even though you might not look like it, don't, don't, don't be like Eliab that you spend your secret place working on your physical appearance. Don't be like Eliab who you wake up in morning in your secret place, you are working on physical appearance, working on your physical stature and forget about the content. Rather be like David that though I might not look like it, but in the secret place, <laughs> I understand what I'm doing in the secret place, building capacity, building relationship with God, becoming king in the secret place. That is why when the vacuum is created, I can step into the shoes of Saul. When the vacuum is created by Saul, I can step into the shoes of Saul because in the secret place, I've already made it. You look at me, you say, he's not gone anywhere. But in the secret place, I've already, I've already made it in the secret place. I've made it in the secret place. So if you don't consecrate yourself in the secret place, you will miss out. If you don't consecrate yourself in the secret place, you will miss out. Do you even wonder, like David... David eventually, as we all know, eventually killed Goliath. David eventually killed Goliath. Each, each time, I was telling my wife that if you were doing something for the first time, you'll be scared. If you're doing something for the first time, you'll be scared. Um, if, if I step on this podium for the first time, I'll be, I'll be scared. Right? I, I don't know how people are going to feel about Like I'll be scared of like, how people are going to interact with, 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 with me and, and everything because it's the first time that I'm doing it, right? So everybody who does anything for the first time will, will have that anxiety, the nervousness to, to do that thing. But here comes David, hearing Goliath come out to abuse the, the armies of Israel. He was like, who is that person? You know, I want to go fight him. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't fidgeting. So which makes me understand, it wasn't the first time that David was slaying giants. 
It wasn't the first time David was slaying giant. In fact, people were fidgeting on his behalf. They're like, hey, David, I don't even know how you're going to do this. You haven't been trained. This guy has been fighting from his youth. He said, come on, guys, just, just calm down. You know, just calm down, guys. You don't understand the training I've been going through in the secret place. In the secret place, God has been teaching me how to fight giants. He has been teaching me how to slay giants. I have been killing lions. I've been killing the bears. I've been killing all these wild animals. In the secret place, God has been training me on how to slay giants. So, I'm not, he wasn't, he wasn't afraid of Goliath. In fact, Goliath was coming. He was even running to Goliath. It was like, you know, he wasn't afraid. He has done it multiple times. So David's secret place was not spent building physical appearance. His secret place was spent learning how to be a king, how to lead people in warfare. And that day that he killed Goliath, did you realize how many people David slaughtered? That day he led Israel's army into battle. That day, it wasn't the first time in the second place, David was being trained to be king, leading Israel in battle, slaying giants. What do you do in your secret place? Do you work on your physical appearance or do you work on the inside? One statement that Pastor Jerry will always say is that don't let situations reveal your emptiness. You know, people look at just, oh my goodness, <laughs> this person is so good, right? Let's make him, they, they give you that position thinking that you are so wonderful. And then you get on their situations review that <laughs> all these things we are seeing is just a facade. There is nothing behind it. Secret place, secret place. May we rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. What do you do in your secret place? Do you spend time building your physical appearance or do you spend time learning from God and working to become the king, to step into the role, the vacuum that is created in God's agenda? Hallelujah. We are going to take a song. We are going to um, take a song. It's a, it's a popular song. We're going to sing it. Say, Lord, Lord, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Can I get together? Say, Lord, whatever you're doing in the season, don't do it without me. Sing it again. Don't do it without me. Oh, Lord. Sing, Lord, whatever. Lord, whatever you're doing in the season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Sway softly. One thing we need to understand is that um, there is in the season, God is always doing something. I said earlier that God has been in the business of displacing people and appointing people. Uh, maybe I should tell, tell, also tell you guys the story. So when, when, when I was small, um, one, of the, one of the things that the Lord told me to do was to write a book. He told me to write a book. I think I've, I've shared this um, story before in our Bible study. The Lord told me to write a book. And um, the book was on um, addiction, how to overcome addiction and all. And I, you know, started writing it, you know, 
trying to figure out how to how to write it. And eventually, I just you know left it and and, and walked away. And um, my younger brother grew to the same age that I was when God told me the thing. And the Lord told him again, told him to go write that book. And then he reached out to me, said, "Hey, God, God is telling me to to write this this book." And then he wrote the book, and he published it. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I told you to write the book. You didn't want to write it. Then I had to push you out of the way and appointed your brother to do it. This is still the season when God is, you know, appointing men and displacing people. Appointing me by God's mercies. He still had mercy upon me. You know, by God's mercies, he still restores, right? God is still in the business of appointing people, displacing people. We're going to take this song one more time. So that I want you, the reason why I pause to tell you the story, so that you can sing this song and sing it this time with, with understanding. Let's take it again. Sing, Lord, singing, Lord, whatever.